Today, I'm so excited. We got Bob Sturm from The Athletic, from The Ticket, and uh, a Dallas radio, a legend. So I'm excited for today. We're going to talk about the Mavs, the offseason. Jaden Hardy, a recent interview you did with Jaden Hardy, and much more on today's Locked On Mavs. And this is Locked On Mavericks don't believe you shouldn't be here welcome to lockdown mavs this one of your co-hosts isaac harris of lockdown mavs and mavs.com and if you're watching on youtube you know what to do leave a comment below on youtube and today i have a question for you guys to leave in youtube bob here to rumors have told me that bob has a tattoo of another of a of a sports franchise on his shoulder. So if you could take a guess in the YouTube comments below, what sports franchise does Bob have a logo tattooed on his arm? Is it his arm, arm shoulder? Shoulder, yeah. Shoulder. Okay. Yeah. Rumors that rumors are just Woj reported it. So I just want to throw it out there. Uh, but leave uh, leave a comment below taking a guess. But today it's a cool day for me because I have admired Bob from afar for a while. We've yet we've I've never got to meet Bob in person, uh, but he is a co-host of a ticket uh, of a show on the ticket uh, from three to seven. He uh, is a big big Bucks fan. Went to the finals uh, to watch the Bucks, and you've been to the finals when the Mavs won the title and everything. And you also cover the Cowboys. I'd say that people know you more about Cowboys for the Athletic and, and all of that. Probably. But today, Bob Sturm. Thank you for hopping on. Appreciate it. Hey man, it's great to great to finally get with you. I uh, I certainly enjoy your work, and uh, uh, it's 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 fun to get together here in the off season and uh, and, and chop it up a little bit. Not too long ago, you had uh, Jaden Hardy on. I guess it was last week, and yeah. uh, I was listening to that to the other day, and there were a couple like takeaways from it. it was I learned a few things from it too. Of uh, I didn't know um, Jaden Hardy's like relationship with Christian Wood. And yeah. could you share a little bit more about that? Like what he said on that show? Yeah, it, basically. So, so Jaden's big brother went to UNLV, I guess. And, and that's where Christian Wood was, was uh, going to school as well. So, so I guess, you know, uh, it's, it's not infrequent for those Las Vegas guys to get together and, and, and get in some runs uh, probably in the off season, I imagine. And, uh, and, and that's how him and, and, and would have known each other. So, uh, it's, it's pretty clear already that, uh, that, that there was a relationship there prior to both getting with the Mavs. And I know, uh, Christian was fired up when the Mavs made the pick. So, uh, I didn't totally know Jaden's, uh, path because kind of seems like he's been everywhere. Yeah. Detroit, uh, Vegas now California with the G League Ignite now back to Dallas so so he gets around for a guy who is uh, literally one day younger than my oldest daughter which is pretty <laughs> crazy uh, they had uh, birthdays on back to back days they both turned twenty which uh, which definitely makes me feel e even older than I already do and, uh, and 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 you know he just seems like a good kid funny laugh um, irrational confidence type guy which maybe it's rational if he's as talented as as uh, everybody says he is so you know I I love the pick I was fired up uh, you know when when uh, 
when that name started sliding, I was right there with everybody saying, let's uh, let's get back into the second round and make a move. Yeah, you know, of course, Nico and the guys have, you know, talked about where they had him on his draft board. Hey, we when we were at 26, you know, we – you know, we were targeting him there at the end of the first round, and obviously they they gave up that pick for Christian Wood, and right. but then the move back. You know, I thought something uh, interesting about you know y- y'all's interview with him is you asked him uh, one of you asked him about his pre-draft relationship kind of with the Mavs, and he was like, "Ah, uh, not much, really." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Once they once they traded the pick, it didn't seem like uh, there was a lot of point to it, and so uh, yeah. They, they, there wasn't much of any. Uh, so, so the, the Mavs uh, were opportunistic. I, I, I really like what I've seen in this year. And I, and I know um, I, I probably am more optimistic than your average uh, fan and especially your average media guy when it comes to, you know, the new regime or, or just general, you know, I, I, I am, I've been in this business now a long time. I can now safely be one of those guys that says I've been in this business a long time. Like that means anything, but you know, it's like three decades now. And so you can kind of see the patterns over three decades of, of what works, what doesn't work, what, uh, what uh, keeps you uh, engaged, you know, and, and, and and one of the things that keeps me engaged, and I guess this might be a crime to some, but I, I I like being optimistic. I like uh, the cup being half full sports are fun. And so, you know, the, the Twitter vibe in the Mavs and, yes, the Cowboys world and, heck, the Stars and Rangers, too. With all the teams, the Twitter vibe is everything sucks. Yeah. And, and I just don't – I don't roll that way. Uh, maybe I should because I'm in the media, so we're supposed to be the most cynical of them all. But, uh, but I, I generally love waking up every day thinking – that my teams are not run by incompetent morons. I like to think uh, that you know they're they're here for a reason. They know more than we do, and uh, there's a plan in place. And, and, and certainly, there's a plan that requires a lot of alterations because uh, other teams have plans too. But you know, I I kind of like this new vibe. I kind of like where they're headed. I obviously don't like losing Jalen, and I don't mean to get ahead of ourselves here. But I just I would just say overall that the Jaden Hardy pick in particular kind of represents what this new regime is doing, which Mm -hmm. is trying slowly but surely to upgrade piece by piece and to, uh, and to, and to go looking for uh, high upside guys. And, and that's, that's fun for me. That's refreshing. Uh, We can even say the American basketball star, uh, is being pursued by this regime where the, uh, the American basketball star may have not been a high priority for the last regime. And so, uh, you know, I, I, I like all these things. You can listen to uh, their interview with Jaden Hardy on uh, the hard line. I think you have a podcast feed for it. Uh, yeah, probably somewhere. If you look hard enough, you'll find it. <laughs> yeah, you can listen to that interview. It's like 12, 13 minutes long. Obviously you can listen to the show three to seven. Got a good laugh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's no, he seems he seems like a, a really good, uh, really cool kid. Uh, let's take a quick break and then we'll come back. I, I need I need to ask you a little bit more about the offseason and your okay. uh, your takeaway so far. Sure. This pod is brought to you by our best friends, Built Bar. I literally just got a package in the mail the other day that Built Bar sent me and was like, hey, we have a new flavor. 
try it out from the people who invented healthy and tasty comes the latest gift to your taste buds you've probably tried the amazing coconut brownie chunk built bar if you haven't tried it you need to try it but guess what your friends at built have given coconut brownie chunk the puffs treatment as well that's right coconut brownie chunk built bar flavor you love in a deliciously what a word chewy marshmallow covered in 100 percent real chocolate is fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness but stop drooling right now and listen, they're good for you. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, all delicious. All built bars are made with collagen protein with your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. The best part about built puffs is of course, they taste amazing. Delicious coconut rich, sweet brownie, creamy marshmallow. Stop fascinating. Stop fantasizing right now. Even Bryce at Lockdown Rangers loves built bar. Go to built.com, you order to order your box. Built.com, promo code locked15. Get 15% off your order. Promo code locked15. Okay, so the Mavs start the offseason. They make the trade. It's honestly, it was before it even like kind of started. They make the trade for Christian and Wood. And you're like, all right. You, you kind of just traded four guys who didn't play, gave a first round, you know, the end of the first round pick basically. And for Christian Wood, a swing at Christian Wood. Um, and they they move into the draft to get Hardy. They they lose Brunson, then sign Javel. It's been for Mavs fans. It's been kind of like a little roller coaster. Like, oh man, it's starting off great, and then right. the Brunson, you know, stab in the back. It feels like for a lot of fans. Just general open thoughts on this off season so far. Well, I I, I don't like losing Jalen uh, Brunson. Brunson's a stud. Um, he's the type of player we all love, uh, or at least I love, uh, high IQ, high basketball IQ and kind of a lion heart, you know, kind of a dude who will fight you if for in his last breath, he's still fighting, you know, and, and I love dudes like that. Um, I was a very early adopter of Brunson. Uh, if you, uh, if you do a Twitter search, you can find, you know, me arguing with people about Brunson versus Dennis Smith. And uh, that, you know, and there was a time, by the way, where people thought Dennis Smith was a, was a way better bet than Jalen Brunson. And, and it took me about, I don't know, 10 games in his rookie season to see that this dude can do things that Dennis Smith can't dream of doing as an NBA point guard. You know, there's, there's so much more than your vertical leap and your YouTube dunk tape that yeah. uh, matters when you're running a, an NBA team and there's just, there's just so much that's between the ears and Brunson has all that. So I say all that Isaac to say uh, that part sucks, no doubt about it, but I did have thoughts throughout the playoffs that I have massive concerns about Brunson and Doncic in the same backcourt long-term mm. being able to win a title together. Now there's so many pieces to that, including who the opponents are, including what your front court looks like. And, and there's, 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 you know, I don't mean to get lost in that conversation, but at the end of the proverbial day, you have two below average defenders in the backcourt in a league where this is, that's, that's hard to work around. You know, you can have, one, maybe. You probably can't have two. We can argue how good Doncic is defensively, but I do think he remains a target for a lot of playoff caliber teams. And I think Brunson uh, at, at six foot one is is going to be attacked uh, you know, regularly as well. So 
I don't know that I love it. I also didn't know that I had a better idea on hand. And mm. so that's kind of, you know, how we all work through these things. And so once the price got to, you know, 80 million for 20 a year, you know, you start to be like, eh, is, are we marrying ourselves to this thing the whole time? And, and, and I walked away from that saying, you know, at the end of the proverbial day, I keep him and I probably keep him at any price because he becomes a trade asset that yeah. I don't want to lose for nothing. The problem with that, though, and the, what, the, what I don't hear any Mavs fans talking about is if you keep him and you are thinking like I'm thinking that I want to keep him partly not because I'm positive it's going to work, but partly because I want to have somebody to flip. Well, he gets that vibe and he knows He's got mm. the, the Knicks over here and the Mavs over here. And these are my buddies. And this is my home and blah, blah. But here's the thing people don't talk about. If he goes to the Knicks, he knows he's going to be a New York Nick for probably every part of that contract. Yeah. If he goes to the Mavs, he knows that within one season, one one and done playoff series next spring, he will be the first guy dangled out there to try to change this roster over and yeah. i don't think people talked about that enough and i was just saying okay if i'm jalen brunson let me have an honest conversation with myself about uh the pros and cons of going to new york versus staying with the mavericks and and i think that's it if you go to new york yeah at some point they might turn on you but they moved heaven and earth to get you so they're yeah. going to look everywhere else besides you when things go wrong. And by the way, for the Knicks, the bar's very low. Make the playoffs, and you're probably, you know, the prince for a while. Boy, with the Mavericks, I, I just think that Jalen Brunson would be an obvious target in the spring of 2023. So, so that was there for me. Um, to get Hardaway back, and I have to kind of include that moving forward. It's not yeah. really part of the offseason, but it is part of the roster that wasn't available for, for Phoenix and Gold State and Utah. Um, Hardaway back, McGee, Wood for Brunson, you know, in a vacuum. And, of course, you can't do that. But in a vacuum, if you say three for one or, or even put those other pieces that you lost, I think this is a better basketball team. Now there's mm. questions to be answered, but I'm telling you, there's another deal out there. There's two. This roster doesn't yeah. make enough sense right now, and they're gonna make another move. But they probably don't know what that move is. And and here's the thing: that move could be in December. That move could be in August. That move could be in February. So I think we gotta hold our horses and understand. As anxious as we all are, this thing. They didn't forget. They didn't, they're not all on a beach right now forgetting about this <laughs> roster. They're working at it. And, and I, I have to believe, as aggressive as they've been, that uh, they're certainly not done. Especially after the Dragic stuff happened. I was like, how they, you know, how they kind of, you know, talked about the Dragic thing. It was like, hey, you know, you're not going to really have a bigger role. It's like, all right, you got to have something else in the bag. If, you know, I'm not saying that Dragic is, you know, an all-star or anything, but there was a, at least a clear defined role for him off the bench. I thought from my angle, yeah. I was like, all right, if they're telling him he's not going to be, you know, have a big role, they must have something else that they're, they're shooting for right now. Probably. And, and I think they went into the off season under the premise that if, if somehow we lose Brunson, uh, Dragic cannot be our solution to that. Um, I think that, 
I think that speaks highly of Nico and 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 Kid uh, being trying to give an honest evaluation of a guy that uh, they certainly like. I mean, like they really want Dragic as part of this, but they didn't want him as a real heavy lifter. Yeah. And I appreciate them being honest with him because <laughs> it would have been very easy to show desperation and say, well, we got to have somebody. Okay. Luca likes him. Let's, let's do this, man. I, I don't, I don't want to live to regret this. Uh, so, so I, I, I should soft pedal it a little bit, but what I've seen of Goran Dragic the last two seasons has been extremely spare. And, and I would argue that uh it's the sound of our slovenia listeners uh typing on their keyboard right now on youtube yeah and and, and i get it and that's <laughs> fine and look we all have favorites we all want our heroes to never get old i want a tiger to win this past weekend so i totally get it but uh, there comes a point where you're just you're the guy you used to be and you're a facsimile of that and i think it's super important for a front office to know the difference and for them According to Dragic, for them to basically say, look, man, you're here in this role, but you're not here in that role. Mm. Um, that that gave me a lot of hope that that the new front office sees a little more clearly on these matters than the old front office, not to not to dump on them all the time. But <laughs> yeah, but I just I think that, you know, we're gonna see if they know what they're doing in terms of building a champion. But all of the early indicators of what they're willing to do, what they're not willing to do, they're definitely not into throwing bad gambles against the wall. Uh, heck, they weren't willing to sign Jalen Brunson last summer, and and I sort of respect the idea that let's let's see it, buddy. You know, let's yeah. we believe in you. Now let's see you do it. Now it burned them. So hindsight's twenty twenty. But if they would have signed him to even sixty million last August, I think a lot of us would have wanted them all drug tested, right? <laughs> yeah, because he hadn't. I mean, it was after the Clippers series. And yeah, we saw him get played off the floor and taken advantage of in the in those lineups and stuff. And obviously, he had a he had a career year this past year. So, okay, you watched the Bucks close it out two years ago. You watched yeah. the Mavs win their title in Miami. You know, with this Mavs team, what would you say is the biggest thing that they need? to get back to the finals? Wow. Um, I think in both cases, when, you know, when you see a title, you just see how many guys need to contribute. Um, I think there's a lot of special players in this league, and Luke is definitely one of the five best. Uh, where he is in that hierarchy, we can debate. But, um, you know, Luca's a special player. Giannis is a special player. Dirk was uh, a legend. So, so we're talking about three guys of, of somewhat similar quality. Around Dirk to, to just go down the list, it's, it's such a special group. And when you talk about Sean Marion, sometimes even gets lost in the conversations because people remember Tyson, people remember Jason Terry, people yeah. even remember Jason Kidd. And you're like, you telling me Sean Marion is like the fifth guy you mentioned when you talk about that Mavericks championship team? That's insane. He was guarding Kobe and Durant and 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 LeBron and and just you know Sean Marion is as vital to that title as almost anybody on the roster, and yet he he was on such a 
ensemble cast of special players at that perfect time of their careers, uh, he almost gets overlooked in history by some. Uh, yeah. Just because, you know, I, I, I guess we, we want, you know, the big three or the big four or whatever just to talk about. And, the, you know, I, I, I consider the 2011 uh, playoff run uh, as a fairy tale that honestly Luca could run off three in five years and I'm not sure any one of those championships will feel like 2011 to me mm. now it will feel special don't get me wrong uh, being at the you know Pfizer Forum last year when uh, Giannis broke off a 50 piece in game six was a special special moment but that 2011 playoff run from the moment I took Portland in six, uh, before the series, <laughs> before the playoffs started, till the time I was holding the Larry O'Brien uh, trophy uh, in the bowels of uh, uh, the American Airlines Arena in Miami. Uh, that 60 days where I was just exhausted and I had not even played a second. I'm telling you, there is a there is a miracle on ice, Lake Placid 1980 quality to that entire narrative. I mean, it was just, I, and I guess it started, you know. 12 years before when, when we started the Dirk story and it was just, man, can this guy ever do it? And, you know, I, I'm on the radio in Dallas and people want to trade him for the bones of Shaquille O'Neal or just, yeah. you know, just all the times that Dirk failed. I was there in 2006 at those finals as well. So I'm definitely not the good luck charm. I tried <laughs> twice, you know, like everybody else, but you know, just, there's just, there's just so much special, quality and once in a lifetime moments of that 2011 uh, finals run but the thing i love most and i've quoted this and i put it on twitter and i'm about to butcher something that i i, I quoted but i i love this stat and i don't think it, it will ever be broken is that the mavs were uh they set the record for having a roster of guys without a ring so they had the most seasons in NBA history of a ringless roster that became champions. Wow. Okay, if that makes sense. So yeah, yeah. Stat, I want to say the stat was something like, I don't know, 105 combined seasons. Okay, so all these guys are late in their career. All of them. There's like Corey Brewer was the only kid, you know, almost nobody. Yeah. I guess, I guess Bobois technically probably got a, a ring, but – the whole roster is these 12-year veterans, 15-year veterans, 10-year, you know, Brian Cardinal and and uh, Peja and just all these guys. And if you add up their seasons, it blew away. I think the Pistons of like 89 were were the the previous leaders and they had like half as many seasons of ringless basketball. So, not a single ring on that roster and for them to come together as champions like they did I mean, I honestly, I'm sitting there watching it happen, Isaac, and I don't know when it uh, occurred to me. It might have been uh, the flu game for Dirk. It might, but I just said, you know what? I've been writing. So I, I had a Mavericks blog at the Dallas Morning News, or I guess I had just a blog. And so in Cowboy season, I'd write Cowboys, but I would also do Mavericks and Star stuff. So I started documenting that Mavericks playoff run with Game One against Portland. And so now I have 60 days of, of words about every, you know, game and every incident along the way of the playoff run. And I sat there after game four and I'm like, you know, I've always had this bucket list. You know, I want to run a marathon. I want to, you know, 
I, I don't know, climb a mountain, whatever, whatever's on yeah. anyone's bucket list. But I always said, someday I want to write a book. Now, I have no idea what the book is, is going to be about. And I don't even care if anyone reads it. But I just want to be able to say, you know, on that on that porch when I'm a thousand years old that uh, I did I did actually do what I wanted to do, which is write a book, you know, journalism major, blah, blah, blah. And uh, and it was at that moment, like after game four, I think. That I just said, dude, if they can find two more wins and I don't see how they can, but if they can get this over the finish line, I got to write that book. Now, I did. Uh, there, I have two copies on my shelf. I don't know if I, if I had, you know, a week, if I could find a third copy out there because they hardly <laughs> made any of them. So I don't know that anyone really read them and I certainly didn't make hardly any money writing it, but, but I'm so happy I did because that is a true sports fairy tale and that's what it's all about. Right. That's so cool. That's so cool. All right, yeah. we're going to take a quick quick break real quick, and then we'll be right back. I got some random questions to throw up, Bob. All right, we're back. I have just so many random questions to throw at you here. Yeah. So Dallas Sports Media, or not sports media, but just Dallas Sports, since you cover it basically all. Yeah. Which, which team is winning the title next? Mavs, Rangers, Stars, Cowboys. Um... I, you know, I think the Mavs now, I don't know. I don't know necessarily. We could do an hour on this, uh, which I'm sure nobody wants to hear. The Rangers just got a good prospect, right? The Rangers just got a couple good prospects and the Rangers are filling their, uh, their, their coffers with prospects. And we'll see about that. Um, the Cowboys are the Cowboys. And while it's not impossible, and in fact, it's not impossible. It could happen in the next 12 months. It's, just we've run back the same cowboy scenarios since I was basically in college. And so um, let's just say I'll, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> and then the stars, you know, they were in the finals just two years ago, so they probably qualify. Uh, however, I'm a little cynical about how good they are moving forward. Um, but, you know, just in general, uh, again, if you have one of the five best players in a sport that absolutely feeds off having one of the five best players, you're in the mix. Now, yeah. how long are you in the mix? How seriously are you in the mix? These are all great questions. But I think Luca has done an unbelievable job of demonstrating he is what they said he was. You know, yeah. and that's that's a I, I can't think of a bigger compliment. So I hope he takes it as that, even though he'll never hear uh, me say this, most likely. No no disrespect to either one of us, but I, I assume he's yeah. uh, doing something not listening to Maps podcast right now. Oh, yeah. But he was built, he was really built up at a very, very high level. Like, guys, you're not going to believe this. Europe's never produced a player like this. this he's so young. He's, uh, you know, he's, he, his comp is LeBron, you know, just all these things. And, and I was very cynical at first, uh, even though I try to be Captain Optimism. Uh, when I hear about a guy from over there, you know, it's still this little disconnect. Well, how come yeah. he didn't play at Duke? How come he didn't play at, you know, Kentucky? Um, he is what they said he was. He's that good, yeah. uh, which is way different than the Yana story, which the Yana story, of course, is he's a thousand times better than they said he was because they didn't know who he was. He was a complete anonymous guy who who has – somehow gone from 
these Greek leagues against plumbers to maybe the best player in the world. And, and it's happened in less than a decade. It's, it's, that's its own goofy scenario, but Luca was sold to us at a very, very high level. And yet he's exceeded every bar. Like he's that good. And so if you have a guy that good in a game of basketball where it matters, you know, um, surely, the Shohei Otani, Mike Trout discussion should explain to us that not every sport re- rewards a superstar being a superstar like basketball does, but yeah. basketball does. And so if you get one of these guys, you're in the mix. Now, we just talked about supporting cast means a ton. Uh, complimentary pieces, guys stepping up over the course of two months. The, the further you go in the playoffs, the more answers your opponents will have for one guy. That's why you need several guys um and and you know it's so as with all of my answers isaac it's a long one but i'm gonna <laughs> tell you that the mavericks are the answer i like it i like it okay i need you to fill in the blank you would retire if the mavs blank is this a tyler <laughs> smith joke this is probably a tyler <laughs> smith joke and that's fair. You know, uh, <laughs> I, and I don't know that anyone knows the Tyler Smith story, but I will tell you that uh, I evaluated uh, the Cowboys first round pick and I evaluated him at a level that said, this dude is not a first round pick. <laughs> uh, his tape at Tulsa was what I call, uh, let's let somebody else pick this guy. And so I, I didn't believe there was any chance they would take him. And so I, you know, like, like everybody on Twitter, but especially me, you try to write hyperbole, <laughs> some uh, hyperbolic, uh, hot opinions, get the, get the people going. Yeah. And I said, if they take Tyler Smith, I'll just go ahead and retire. And uh, <laughs> not only did they take Tyler Smith, but the Cowboys made sure that Tyler Smith was on our show the next day, like the first segment. And uh, his, uh, by the way, unbelievably great kid. If personality makes somebody a great uh, offensive lineman, He's going to be one of the best in the league because his personality is remarkable. But it's like his first thing he said to me was, I, I, I didn't think you were going to come into work today. So uh. Uh, he, he's he's great. And, and by the way, if there's one thing about this business I don't love, it's the fact that when you have opinions about players, oh yeah, um, you're actually talking about a guy with like dreams and yep. family and just, you know, I try to never get personal about it, but it's hard to evaluate human beings without saying something mean along the way. And I guess, I guess I was a little mean by, but I was also honest. So I don't know where to draw the line on that, but you know, you, you feel kind of crappy. Um, you know, here's a guy who's a good enough player to be an NFL first round pick. And I have the audacity like who, who am I? So that's, you know, it's kind of what we do for a living. So I, I guess I, I like, uh, I like the paycheck that goes with it. Uh, but, uh, but at the same time, I wish I didn't have to, um, sound so disrespectful to a poor guy who was just a first round pick. Um, who's your favorite man? I didn't answer your question at all. Did I? Not at all, which is no, you're which good. Is real, which is a real you're- trick. It was fun. Who, who's your favorite? Who's your favorite Mavs interview you've done over the years? Um, Dirk, and and I I only say that because when Dirk was a rookie, he came on the Bob and Dan show in 1999, 
or 90, yeah, 1999 as a little baby. You know, he came on our show and did, you know, 15 minutes with us and was nervous. But then we had him on the next year and the next year. And we had Dirk on our show for every year of his career. And we would do one day and it was uh, it was basically called the uh, the um, Dirk Day. So every year we would we would spend, uh, uh, you know, this time talking to talking to Dirk for it, it, the time, you know, started growing and we finally got to like an hour with him and he even brought wine with him and the whole bit. And it was hilarious. And, you know, the guy went basically did 20 or 21 different interviews with Dan and I, I mean, that's insane. Like he that made time insane. for us. And, uh, you know, now we never did two in a year. Like he's always like, okay, guys, just let me know when the year is and or uh, when the Dirk day is this year. And one, once or twice they were actually eliminated from the playoffs and he stuck in town and made sure he did our show. But, uh, you know, we have, I want to say most all of them and they're, they're on the internet somewhere and they're just some of the most honest and fun. And, you know, by the end, like to this day, and this is going to be the biggest brag of this interview, but to this day, he gives me all sorts of crap on Twitter uh, in the DMs about uh, Liverpool and Arsenal. And uh, I'm a Liverpool guy. Uh, for a while, he was an Arsenal guy, but I think it's mostly because of uh, which team has a lot of Germans. And so uh, we, we, made a, we made a big bet when Liverpool played Bayern Munich in the uh, Champions League a couple years ago. And so I, I, I won $100 from him. But I didn't want him to ever pay me. I wanted him to sign a picture to me that says, uh, I, I still owe you $100 uh, from Dirk. In fact, hold on. You know what I'm going to do? This is oh, an exclusive for Lockdown Maps. Yes, let's see it. This is incredible. All right. So let's see. Can you, can you see that? That's awesome. See the yeah. caption? I owe, I owe you a hundo. You a hundo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's Dirk and Bob and Dan. So, uh, well, you just that, get, huh? now that everybody knows the tattoo on your arm because you're wearing. Yeah, the now they know that. Yeah, look, he's he's wearing a Packer shirt. Yep, <laughs> there it is. So, uh, as a special bonus, uh, here you go. Oh, look, I is. went to the doctor today and I got a shot right on there. So let's uh, let's prove. Oh, there it is. Oh, in all its glory. Could probably <laughs> use a touch-up after all these years. I think that was like 2005. But, Let's uh, say you, you and Aaron Rodgers both with tattoos. Hey, how about it? <laughs> I think he put a little more work into his. <laughs> Mine looks a little prisony, but uh, hey, what are you going to do? Well, I know we're, we're past time. Man, I was going to ask you about the moron dog. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll save some for next visit yes 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 we got it we got to do it again bob i really appreciate it uh yeah, thanks man. for all the work you do on the ticket three to seven it's each weekday right uh yeah three to seven monday through friday as long as uh, they don't cancel us <laughs> and of course if your cowboys fans listen to this you know on the athletic you're always writing about the cowboys so always always but uh, i appreciate it bob thank you so much yeah man a pleasure